Good morning. Welcome. Will you stand? We hope you're awake. Let's sing together. Hey, good morning, Cavanaugh Church family. How's everyone doing? Good. If you are a high school or a college graduate, please make your way over here to the stage right. Is that what that is right there? Right over there. All right, line up. 
and we'll make your way over there. But first, before we do our graduation ceremonies today, I want to welcome you guys to another Sunday here at Kavanaugh. You guys doing pretty good? Doing good? Awesome. We hope you had an awesome week, an even better weekend. And if you're new today, guests, thank you so much for joining us. We're so glad that you're here. Um, we would love to get to know you and connect and tell you a little bit about our church. So right after service, there are a couple stations out these back doors. Um, make your way there. We'd love to just get your name and be able to tell you about things that you can do and things that are going on. Um, but man, it's good to see you guys and so excited for, about what God has for us here today. I'm going to invite you all to quickly stand, and we're going to ask God's anointing on our service, and then we got some really cool stuff to do together, all right? All right. Good to see you all. Let's pray. Lord, I love you, and again, I'm so thankful that you've brought us all back to this place, God. And I know that you got something really incredible and special for each and every single one of us today, God. So I ask now that our hearts are open and prepared and completely focused on you to receive everything that you want us to have Lord, I love you and I love our graduates um, and lift them up, especially in prayer this morning. So thankful for the lives that they have. But Lord, bless our services today and bless our pastor as he brings the word in your name. Amen. Y'all can be seated. All right. Me and brother Jason, we're up here to, to honor our graduates today. And let me just go ahead and tell you, this is an incredible group. Um, when I first moved here, some of these kids were just getting into seventh grade. So now they're graduating. So I don't know if that makes me feel older or you feel older. But yeah, both. Anyways, but man, we want to honor our graduates today, high school and college. And uh, we got some really, really cool stuff for them. We put together for the high schoolers, we got a, a college survival kit. This is not an energy drink. This is laundry detergent. Some of you parents are like, finally, yes. First aid kits. I didn't do uh, toothpaste and toothbrushes. I just did gum because that's all you do anyways in college. Pick these out, some ch uh, chapstick and some pens and stuff. But man, and then our college, uh, and a Bible, most important thing. And then our college ministry, they got them this really cool uh, representation of the full armor of God to give them. And then a book by uh, one of our very own Free Will Baptist, uh, Robert Morgan, called The Red Sea Rules. Amazing, amazing book. So, But we, we got a really cool slideshow that we're going to run. And um, as kids and kids, um, as you see your name up on the screen, come on up and uh, receive your gift. And uh, just keep on going, okay? Brother Will, we'll give you a high five. All right, let's do this. believe we've come this far and it feels just like getting started somehow we're still running like those kids back then kids back then scrape some knees and falling down but somehow we keep getting back up long as there is wonder gonna keep running yeah we'll keep running in this moment it's electric can you see it can you feel it this dream inside is still alive today yeah we're on our way
Cause sometimes those voices try to tell me I'm forgotten and I'm falling too far from his hands But I know what kind of God he is and I'm trusting in his promises I'm up with us. Let's give them all a big round of applause. Amazing accomplishment to all of our grads. Sing with us if you will. Sorry, technical difficulties.
thankful that your presence is with us each and every day. You guide us and direct us. All we have to do is ask. I'm so thankful to be in your house this morning. I pray that your spirit's anointing would be upon Brother Will and that we would hear what you are telling us through him, Father, that we would take it to heart and live it. I thank you, Father, once again for dying on the cross for our sins and for being here with us. Ask it all in the precious name of Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lord God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. So good to have you here today. Uh, Nathan, you were, you were, when you came, some of these kids were going into the seventh grade. I dedicated most of them as little babies, and a few of them I changed their diapers. So uh, to, to, say, to say that it's kind of emotional for me to see these kids walk across the stage, and they're not kids anymore, they're young men and young women. I am so proud of them, and I want you to give them another big hand, would you? That really am proud of them. And Jason, I, I don't know if you had the same thought, but as they came across the stage, I, you know, I thought, for some of these guys and gals, I'm the only pastor they've ever had to this point, and I just, I really pray, and I really hope that 
that we, the pastoral staff of Kavanaugh, has had some kind of positive impact in your life. I, re I really do. I, I pray that Kavanaugh has given you a firm foundation for what you are about to face. And so today I'm going to take this opportunity to speak directly to our graduates, high school and college, about your future. But you know what? God's Word is for all of us. And so whether you're uh, an 18-year-old teenager or an 80-year-old teenager, you need this word today, all right? God does have a whole lot to say about your future. In fact, there are two very important truths that you need to know about your future. And the first one is this. God's got a plan for your life. And God's plan for your life is a good plan. It's an awesome plan. It tells us this throughout the Word of God, but specifically in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Check this verse out. God says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That's what God has for you. God has a great plan for your life. And if you will find, follow, and finish God's good, acceptable, and perfect will, it will be the greatest accomplishment that a person could ever have in their life. The, the second thing that is the truth about your future is you get to choose it. You get to choose your future. Did you know that? God gives you a choice. You can choose God's plan or you can choose some other plan. You can miss this good plan that God has for your life. Now, I, I want us to look at one event in the Old Testament that illustrates these two facts, that God has a plan for my life that is really good, and I have the choice of either choosing it or rejecting it. So we're going to look at the story of Joshua leading the children of Israel into the promised land after wandering in the desert for some 40 years. Let me just give you a little background material to bring you up to date. Moses had led the children of Israel out of Egyptian captivity. They had been slaves in Egypt for over 400 years. But God sends Moses to the Pharaoh of Egypt, the most powerful man in the world at that time, and here's what Moses said, let God's people go. Pharaoh rejected it, and then God sent all of these plagues, and after 10 plagues, Pharaoh finally relented and let God's people go. It would have taken them about 11 days to walk from Egypt to the promised land, but they didn't have faith. They didn't believe that the God who took them out of Egypt could lead them into the promised land. And so for the next 40 years, they just wandered in the wilderness. I'm going to read two passages to you from Deuteronomy. Moses is about to die. He's the guy that led them out of Egypt. He's 120 years old. He's led them 40 years in the wilderness. He's about to pass off the scene. And so he's, he's about to inaugurate the new leader, Joshua, his young recruit. Joshua wasn't a spring chicken. He was about 80 years old. But he's going to replace Moses, and he's going to lead them across the Jordan River into the promised land. But right before that happens, God says, your future is your choice. Look with me, Deuteronomy chapter 30, beginning in verse 15. 
I set before you today life and prosperity or death and destruction. That's the choice they had. Life, prosperity, or death and destruction. If you love the Lord your God and you walk in his ways and you keep his commandments, then you will live and you will increase. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are about to enter in to possess. But if your heart turns away from me, you will not live long in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I have set before you life or death, blessings or curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. And so that's the choice they have. Either life and death or blessings or destruction. So here's my question. Would you like to live the kind of life where God says to you, I'm going to give you a life worth living. I'm going to bless the socks off of you. Whatever your hand does, I am going to bless it and prosper it. I am going to give you the most amazing life you could ever imagine. Why am I doing that? Because I'm God, the creator of the universe, and you are my chosen creation. And if you will just do what I've commanded you to do, I'm going to give you the best life that you could live. So how many of you would like that? Come on, raise your hand. Would you like that? Dude, let me tell you, I would. The God of the universe saying to me, Will, I'm going to bless your socks off if you'll just follow my ways. Now, let me go on in, in verse number 17. He says this, But if your heart turns away from me, you will not live long in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I have set before you, and here it is again, the choices, life or death, blessings or curses. Now choose life so that your children may live. Now I want you to notice a couple of things about this powerful verse. First of all, God had prepared a future for his people, the children of Israel. He says to them, I am going to give you this amazing land, the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. That means it is a great land, a great place to live, kind of like Texas, but in Arkansas. Second thing he says is this, I'm going to give you this land, but you're going to have to possess it. I'm not just going to hand it to you on a silver platter. You're going to have to go and make the choice. You're going to have to take the land. So the question comes back to us today. How do we prepare for the future that God wants us to live so that we're choosing life rather than death? We are choosing blessings over curses. Well, the answer to that is found in Joshua chapter 1. And that's where I'm going to take you, Joshua chapter 1. The fact is, we have to do the same things that Joshua had to do to lead the people into the promised land. If you want to possess your future, just as Joshua and the children of Israel wanted to possess their future, you've got to do these three things. So graduates, are you with me? Graduates, are you with me? One of you say yes. Okay, thank you, Zane. The rest of y'all, y'all follow along as well because I'm going to give you a test at the end just to make sure you're listening, all right? If I'm going to possess the future 
that God has for me. If I'm going to choose life over death, the first thing I've got to do is prepare a plan. Or as it's found in the biblical text, I need to prepare my provisions. The future belongs to the person who plans for it and who prepares for it. I think most of you in this room have heard that old cliche, if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. And planning is a spiritual activity. The Bible has a whole lot to say about planning for your life. In fact, the Bible tells us it's foolish not to plan, not to know where you're going. So let me take you to Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. After the death of Moses, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I am giving you. I will give you every place where you set your foot just as I promised to old brother Moses. Your territory will extend from the Sinai Desert to Lebanon and from the Euphrates River to the Great Sea on the west. Notice, he's being very specific about the land that he's giving them. He's even drawn a map for them, outlining the borders of their future. Now, I I want you to notice a couple of things about this plan and preparing a plan. First, you're never going to to possess your future if you're stuck in your past. Okay? You're never going to possess your future if you're living in your past. What does he say here at the beginning? Moses is dead. That error is over with. So, what do you need to bury in your life? What do you need to let go of? Did you know one of the most difficult things there is to do is to keep a corpse from stinking? The way you do that is bury it. And there are things in your life that are keeping you from the future that God has for you. And you need to let those things go. There are some things that you need to bury. In fact, you can't get on with your future if you're always looking in your past. And can I just be honest with you and tell you, the devil uses this trick in my life every week. He's always wanting to dig up some of those old bones And he's always wanting me to go live in the past. But Moses is dead. Let's bury the brother and move on. Second, if you're going to possess your future, you've got to get ready to cross the Jordan River. In other words, you've got to prepare. You've got to plan it out. Again, he's being very specific. He literally draws them a map of their future. He says, here's where you're going to go. You're going to go from the Sinai to the Lebanon. You're going to go from the Euphrates River over to that great sea on the west. Here's where you're going. Let's get to it. So my question to you is, where are you going? Literally, think about this. Where, where are you going in your, where do you want to be in five years from today? What is your plan for 10 years from right now? Because you're either going to have a destiny that you're trying to achieve in your life, or you're just going to drift. 
If you don't have a destiny planned out that you're working towards, you're just going to drift through the next 10 years of your life, and in 10 years, you're going to look back and say, hmm, I didn't accomplish very much. Nothing has changed in my life, and I'm still stuck in the same old place I was 10 years ago. Now, they've actually studied this out, and it's, it, to me, it's absolutely intriguing and fascinating what they discovered. They studied all these people, and they found out that 27% of Americans never give their future a second thought. They just don't think about it. They're just having too much fun partying in today. So 27% of Americans never think of their future. 60% of Americans give some thought to their future. Usually it's in the area of finances. They don't think a whole lot about it. They don't really do anything about it, but at least they've thought about it. 10% of Americans have given serious thought to their future. And then 3% of all Americans have actually written out a life plan. They put it on paper, or at least in their computer. They have goals and objectives of where they're going and how they're going to get there. Now, the cool thing about this, they've studied these people for years. And after years, they came back and reported this about these four different groups. They discovered that almost all of the 27% of Americans who never think about their future, all of them were living on welfare. Most of the 60% who had given just some thought to the future, they were making it, but they were barely making it. It was like a paycheck to paycheck thing, a week to week, month to month. All of the 10% who had given serious thought to their future were what we would call successful, all of them. Those who had written goals, the 3%, were highly successful. They were the top achievers in the nation. In fact, those who had written down their life plan, their goals and objectives, were out achieving all the others 10 to 1. Now, I don't know if that does anything to you, but it sure is intriguing to me. They did the study between the 10% who had given serious thought to their future and the top 3% who had actually written down their goals, and they discovered that the successful and the highly successful, there was really no difference between these two groups as far as their education or their talent or their work habits. The only difference between successful and highly successful people, the top 3%, was that those top 3% of people had written down their goals. They had written out a life plan. They had written down objectives to reach those goals. Now, I don't know, but I'm just kind of supposing it might be important for you to give some serious thought to where you're taking your life. And maybe even write it down. God says, get ready. The future is yours. But you've got to plan it out. In fact, in verse number 10, he put it this way. So Joshua ordered the leaders. And that's who I'm talking to today. Y'all are leaders. Raise your hand if you're a leader. Okay, raise your hand if you're in this room, alive and breathing. All right, that's who I'm talking to. 
God said to the leaders, go through the camp and tell everyone, prepare your provisions. In three days you'll cross the Jordan and you're going in and taking possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to own. And again, notice here, God says the promised land is your future, but you're going to have to go in and fight for it. You're going to have to go in and take possession of it. I'm not just going to hand it to you on a silver platter. This is not just a cakewalk. You've got to go in there and fight for it and take possession of it. And so he says, prepare your provisions. Plan it out. What he's really saying is this, pack your bags. Get your supplies ready. So it leads me to ask you the question, have you packed your bags? Now, some of you high school graduates, maybe you already have, literally, you have. But have you packed your bags for the next decade, or are you just going to drift through the next 10 years? Have you made any plans for where you want to be in five years from now? I'm saying this to everybody in the room. What are your plans? Parents, what, what, what are your plans for your family? What, what do you want your family to look like in 10 years from now? What, what are your plans for your finances, for your career, for your retirement? And more specifically and important than those questions, for all of us, what are your plans in your relationship with the living God? I mean, where am I going with God? Because can I tell you something? If all you do is come in here and just sit on Sundays, and, and this is the only God experience you have in your life in a week's time, you're, you're going you're gonna to wilt on the vine. You ain't going to make it. You won't even be here in 10 years from now. So where are you going in that relationship with God? How are you going to get there in your Bible reading, in your Bible study? How are you going to become just a, a person sitting in a pew to a person who's really involved in kingdom work in the next 10 years? It, it can happen. God wants it to happen. But you've got to make it happen. You've got to set those plans and write it out, and you've got to start doing what God has told you to do. So pack your bags. Prepare your provisions. But I want you to listen to this. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, do you? I mean, really, do we know what the future holds? Absolutely not. Therefore, we need to give God the right to change our plans. That's what James says in the book of James, chapter 4, verse 15. He said, when you plan, you don't say we're going to do this, this, and this. You say we're going to do this, this, and this if it is the Lord's will. In other words, I don't know what's going to be around the next turn. I don't know what's going to happen in my life or in this world tomorrow. But it doesn't mean that I don't make plans, and it doesn't mean that I don't prepare for the future. God knows the future. And so I'm just going to give God the right to change my plans and it not upset me. For a lot of you high school graduates, you're, you're about to enter into college, and you've got a plan. It's so cool. I'm glad you do. You're going to go and you're going to, you're going to study this, and, and you're going to become this, and that's awesome. But you know what might happen? 
After you get into those classes and you listen to those lectures, you might think to yourself, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. Or you may even graduate with a certain degree and you start in that profession and you think, this ain't for me. That's okay. Because here's the cool thing I've discovered. Sometimes, sometimes God will allow us to go through this. You know, he's not going to stop our plan. That may very well be his plan for your life. But he's going to take everything that you've learned up to that point and then spin off from that and give you something greater to do. And maybe you can never do what it is that God wants you to do until you get to that point where he releases you and sends you out to do greater things. So make your plans. Write your life's purpose out and your goals and your objectives. But don't become conceited in it. Don't don't become hard-nosed. Keep your heart soft. Every one of the graduates that walked down, you didn't see me do this because we're off on the side, but, but I hugged every one of them, told them I loved them, I was proud of them. And I said this to every one of them, do what God tells you to do. That, that's the best piece of advice I can give our kids today. Just do what God tells you to do. Make your plans, but make sure God is in those plans. And if you want to have a successful future, there it is. Make your plans, but make sure God is in your plans. Very quickly, number two, if I'm going to possess my future, I must build my life completely on the Word of God. Now, I'm not, I'm not just talking about making the Word of God the foundation of your life. The Word of God's got to be the whole building of your life. It's got to be the structure. It's got to be the walls, the roof, the doors, the windows, the bathroom, the kitchen. You need to make God's Word completely in, around, and through your life. It's got to be everything about your life. I must become a man of the Word of God. You must become a woman of the Word. And this is the second promise of success. God says, if you're going to be successful in the future that I've planned for you, you've got to get into the Word of God. Notice what he says in verses 7 and 8 of Joshua chapter 1. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction cannot depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything that is written in it. For then you will prosper and you will succeed in whatever you do. So that tells me the word of God is the key to my success. God's word is the key and it's right here. It's right before us. God's will is in God's word. And if you want to do God's will in your life, it all starts with an understanding of God's word. Where do you want to be in the next 10 years from now? You'll find it in the word of God. God's will is in God's word. And the more your life is filled with scripture, the more your life will be successful and you will do what God intended for you to do. Now, notice all the ways to input the Word of God from these two verses. He says, be careful to obey it. Meditate on it. That means think about it seriously. 
both day and night. And then he says, be careful to do it. So flesh it out. This book's got to be central in my life. I've got to read it every day, not just read it, live it. I got a thing about Bibles. Uh, today I've, I've got a Bible with me that it's an Allen Bible. These are, these are really cool Bibles. Uh, this is the New Living Translation. These Bibles are made out of uh, goat skin, Highland goat skin. Can you see how I can bend this Bible? It just lays flat open. This, this is an awesome, awesome Bible. I've got an office full of Bibles. I don't know how many Bibles I have, but somebody was in my office the other day, and he looked up there. He said, you must really like Bibles. I said, I love Bibles. You know what? If you're a Christian, I can tell a whole lot about you just by looking at your Bible. I can tell some things about you just knowing what translation of Bible you read out of, whether good or bad. It's not good or bad. I, I know some things about you because of that. I also know some things about you looking at the condition of your Bible. I told the first service years ago, Angie and I had just gotten married. In 1983, we got married. This was like the next year, 1984. It was either at Christmas or your mother's birthday, January 31st. We were going to get Angie's mama a really nice gift, but we were dirt poor. I mean, we'd, we we had just gotten out of college, going to seminary, did, didn't have hardly any money. But I, I had it on my heart. I wanted to get Peggy a really nice Bible. And Stacy at the time, the, the premier Bible was a Thompson Chain reference Bible. That was a really, really good Bible, very expensive Bible. And so we saved up and finally got enough money to buy Grandma Peggy this Thompson Chain Reference Bible. And I was so proud when we gave it to her. She was thrilled to have it. I can remember her writing in it and said that it was given to her by her, her daughter and favorite son-in-law. <laughs> then every time we'd go to Corning to see Grandma Peggy, I don't, I don't know what it was, but I just kind of, David, I would find that Bible and just kind of look at it and open it. and You know what? She was a woman of the word. And through the years, I noticed just about every, every page had a mark on it where she had written something. Something was underlined. When Grandma Peggy died, I think we inherited that Bible. <laughs> Literally, the thing's falling apart. That was in 1984 when we got her. She went through about four or five other Bibles after that one. But every single page had been read and reread and written on and underlined and highlighted. And here's what I know about Bibles that are well used like that. Bibles that are falling apart are generally owned by people who are not falling apart. And God says to us, if, if you want to have a successful future, you need to infuse your life with my word. If you read my word and live by my word and obey my word and meditate on my word, then you are going to be prosperous and successful in whatever you do. Do not turn from the right hand or the left hand from it. You obey the word of God. And so teenagers, let me tell you, college graduates, some of the best advice I can give you is you stay in the Word of God. Man, I just, I'm, I'm watching the time. I just, I wish, boy, I wish I had more time to tell you this, guys. But as you go off to college, you're, you're going to be encountered by some very liberal thinkers. 
You're going to hear it in your classroom. You're, you're going to see it in the dorm room. Your eyes are about to be open to some things that you've never seen before. And you're not going to have your parents in this church there to back you up and to help you try to answer all these questions. And the devil is going to do everything he can to pivot your life off of the Word of God and into the philosophy of this world. Don't let that happen. You stay on your guard. You, be, you believe in the Word. Know what you believe and don't depart from it. Don't, don't go to the right hand or to the left hand. Don't listen to what they say. Don't listen to the, the popular opinion of the world. Don't listen to the world's philosophy. You listen to the Word of God. If you want to have a prosperous future, write out a plan, build your life on the Word of God. And then finally, number three, you need to courageously step out in faith. It's interesting that three times in this chapter, God said the same thing to Joshua over and over again. In verse number six, he said, be strong and courageous. Verse seven, be strong and courageous. Verse nine, be strong and courageous. Why did God have to repeat this three times to Joshua when he is getting ready to possess his future? Why did he need to be told to be strong and courageous? Well, I really don't know, but I'm guessing maybe for two reasons. Number one, because of who Joshua was following. I mean, how would you like to succeed Moses? You are the new CEO of Israel Incorporated. You're following Moses. Let me tell you, those are some mighty big sandals to fit into. Moses, the man who met God face to face and lived to tell about it. The man who had received the Ten Commandments from God's own hand. The, the man that God used to work miracle after miracle through. Now let me tell you, Joshua was a pretty tough hombre. He, he was, I think he was a country boy, Jason. He, we might even say he's a redneck. And I don't think there are too many things oh, Joshua was afraid of. But let me tell you, the task before him was daunting. And I'm sure that Joshua was a little bit, maybe a little scared. And so God says to him, Joshua, Moses is dead, but I'm not. <laughs> Moses is gone, but I'm still here. I am the same God who worked in the life of Moses, and I'm going to work in your life. All of those miracles I did through Moses, I will now do through you. So be strong and be courageous. Graduates, you're about to go out and face this new world, this brave new world, and man, you're gung-ho, ready to do it, but let me, it's, it's not all it's cut out to be, and there are going to be times that you're a little bit afraid and scared and bewildered. God's not gone anywhere. God's still there, and he's with you. I think the second reason he told him to be strong and courageous it's because you're always going to have to fight for your future. Do you know that? It's not a cakewalk. In fact, the life that God has planned for you includes two things. Battles and blessings. Battles and blessings. And you're going to have both of them in your life. 
In the next 10 years, if you really pursue what God wants you to do, there are going to be some battles. The children of Israel, they were given the land, but they had to go fight for it. And you know what? All of those giants that scared them in the first place, that kept them in the wilderness 40 years, those giants are still there. So they were going to have battles. Again, just, I'm almost finished, but look at, look at me just for a second. Please listen to what I'm saying. If you really pursue God's will for your life, and if you really want to do what God made you to do, it's there, it's before you, God's going to help you, but you're going to have to fight for it. Why? Because the devil doesn't want you to do what God made you to do. And the devil is going to be fighting you tooth and toenail, keeping you from the center of God's will. So get ready to do battle. Is it worth the fight? You better believe it is, because that's the second aspect of it. There are going to be battles, but there's also going to be blessings that you can't even begin to understand or imagine. So for you graduates, go for it, man. Go for it. Do what God made you to do. There, there is so much potential in your life, but you've got to stay true to God. Go home and write out your life's plan. Every one of you. Even you old people. Go home and write out a plan. You have to say, you've got to be kidding me, Brother Will. I ain't kidding you. I don't, know, I don't know the oldest person in this room right now because I can't see. I'm 60. Anybody out there over 60? You got to be kidding me. It's just me and Ronnie. We're the only two. For, for those of you who are 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, and you're thinking, well, I didn't even need to come today. This ain't for me. <laughs> Dude, you know how old Joshua was when God told him all this? 80, 80 years old. Let me tell you, he was about to embark on the greatest mission of his life. Everything he had done in the past built up to this point where he was about to be used by God in an awesome way. So don't you ever give me the excuse that you're too old. You've just got a lot of experience behind you, a whole lot of wisdom. So all of us today, we need to go home and write out our life's plan. Where do we want to be in five years, ten years from now? Understanding that, you know what, God can tweak that and God can change that. I just need to keep a soft heart towards God. And then get up from there and build your life squarely on the Word of God. If you're not reading the Word, you need to start reading the Bible. College graduates, high school graduates, Read God's Word. Take it with you to school. Take it with you to work. Read it every day. Build your life on it. And then have some faith. Be strong. Be courageous. Do what God made you to do. You know what? I, I really think it all starts with you standing up, coming down here, kneeling at the front, and giving everything you got to God. Laying your life on the altar of sacrifice. Submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. 
And what that simply means is you've taken the hands off the steering wheel of your life and you've let the Lord drive it. It's a good place to start, guys. So let's do that today. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you would bless the invitation of this service. I pray, dear Lord, that that every high school graduate, every college graduate would come down and just lay their life before you and submit to the Lordship of Jesus and say, Lord, here, here are the plans that I have for my life, but I want to be used by you. I want to always be in the center of your will. So, Lord, lead me and guide me. May our parents come and do that, Lord, today. May families come and surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. And if there's anybody in this room who's never given their heart to Jesus, I pray that today they would come and be saved. And for the rest of us who just need to come and pray, Lord, help us, help us to do that as well. I love you, Jesus, more than anything. Would you please have your way in our lives today? For we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. I'm going to ask that you stand, and as soon as you stand up, just come down and pray. Altars are open. Come, come pray. Give your life, your future to the Lord. You can choose life or you can choose death. Today, choose life. Jesus, we do worship you, and I pray that you would be highly exalted in our lives, in our families, and in this church. Lord, again, I, I, I do pray for our young people who have graduated high school and those who have graduated college. Would you please, dear Lord, just give them clear direction and help them to live for you. Pray that not only in their lives, but in every life that is in this room, whether we're 16 or 60, whether we're 18 or 80. I pray to God that our future would be in your hands and that we would follow you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you. You can be seated.
Amen. Wow. Good deal. Thank you. Thank you for being here today and keep praying for these graduates, all right? When you walk out the door, make sure you drop your offering in one of those black boxes. We certainly appreciate that. 6.30 tonight on Facebook Live, uh, Brother Stacy is going to teach a lesson. You can tune in for that. Come back Wednesday night. We got uh, classes and, and uh, services for all age groups. For the adults in here, Brother Jason's going to be preaching, so pray for him. I, I want you to pray for Judy Brazel today. Uh, just a few weeks ago, Judy lost her husband, Ralph, and then yesterday, Judy's mother passed away. So please, please pray for Miss Judy. Ask God to give her strength and wisdom and help her. Uh, coming up in two weeks on June the 5th, we're going to have our first baptism in this building, all right? Our baptistry made it. We're so glad about that. So if, if you need to be baptized, see one of our pastors so we can get you on the list. I uh, said this in the first service and already had people come and say, well, we're going to be gone on June the 5th. Well, let us know that because we're going to plan another one a few weeks out from it. We want to get all of our people baptized who need to be baptized. All right? Good deal. Are you okay? Hey, shout out to the Van Buren Pointer baseball team. Man, they, they did great this year. They fought hard. Isaac is on that team. They, they played in the state championship yesterday in Benton against Marion and uh, just couldn't quite pull it out, but they did great. And uh, when you see Isaac, uh, tell him congratulations and great job. I love you. Hope you have a great, great, wonderful, super, fantastic day. Get out of here.